Hello, everyone. This is our 302 Thoughts, part of our One Thing series, where we will review a model that we are covering this month that deals with a particular topic. And this month, we are totally focused on really unproductive um, behaviors. We call them bad boss behaviors. Um, what's crazy is sometimes these behaviors are well known to the individual. Sometimes they're not known at all to the individual, um, conscious or unconscious. These are five things that we truly believe you have to be cognizant of when you're leading others. TJ, you want to jump in and describe the five? Sure thing, Joe. So, you know, we, we, um, we put together a model every month. And so this month we have the five bad boss behaviors. We call them the triple Bs. Um, and we really kind of made light of it, but we also included a remedy because we all know that just identifying something and admiring a problem is not going to help uh, solve it. You may recognize yourself in some of these behaviors. We all can fall into the traps. That's why we're going to talk about resources, books to read, places to go so that you can learn to lead um, better and grow faster. But the five are simple. You've all heard of them before. The first is micromanagement. It's the number one bad boss behavior that we see when we're out and about. Uh, micromanaging the team, getting down into the weeds when you need to be setting the vision and uh, holding the people accountable. Number two is withholding information from others. Joe's going to talk about that here in a little bit. People do that on purpose, but also on accident, and it really can create problems for the organization. Number three is stealing great ideas. Um, we tend to do that as leaders because we hear so many great ideas because we're in so many forums. Um, and then all of a sudden we think it's our idea. Joe, you and I fall into that trap sometime with our own reading where we think we invented something when we actually didn't. Um, number four is taking credit for supports and success. I'm going to talk about that one. It's a cousin to stealing great ideas. Um, it's to stealing the credit. And number five was using relationships to leverage power. We all know that relationships are power, but leveraging the relationship to have power um, is never a good way to yield authority in your leadership position. And sometimes leaders can fall into the trap of thinking that just because they know somebody or they have a relationship, they should be able to use that relationship to get what they want. Bad boss behavior. So those are the five bad boss behaviors. Um, and we want to dive a little bit deeper into a couple of them. Joe? Yeah, thank you, TJ. We could honestly spend time on each one of these. And as I said, some of these are conscious, some of these are unconscious. We all have personalities. And remember, we take a very broad definition of leadership. We subscribe to what Maxwell says, that if you're influencing anyone, whether it's a child, whether it's your family, whether it's a friend or someone um, that you are actually managing, then you're a leader. And understanding that role or that significance, I think, is important because sometimes we also want to spend a little time and say, oh, that's that person's issue or I don't have to deal with that. It's not the case. We all have leadership um, abilities in us. And at some level, we're all a leader to some degree, whether we like it or not. That said, the one I wanted to talk about, and I, I chose this because of COVID really um, and other crises. And it's when we withhold information from others. Um, I love this uh, quote by Coville because it basically says um, that we wrote in the blog that if you're controlling the flow of information and using it as a tool, 
then that's right there to dictatorship. I truly believe that. If you are withholding information that you know others need, and this can be to help or to harm, when you know something is should be known by someone else and you don't share it intentionally, um, that's at its worst. And I've, I've worked with people um, that do this, have done it. You know, we, we all have experiences. TJ and I typically write about things we are thinking of. I mean, that's what they say, right? Most people read and focus on things that they're concentrated on. It's no different from us. So I would say that this one's important though, because we have to be cognizant not to withhold it, especially in a crisis. So what's your formula for communication? So you should have a systematic formula for communication, and this is part of the remedy. And so each week, if you're leading others, you should have a very clear method that you're communicating what's occurring. And so that could be done on a weekly basis, specific on Fridays. I have a lot of meetings on Fridays to put a bow on the week. That's precisely what I call it. We're putting a bow on the week. That also sets the agenda for the upcoming week very often. Not everything gets nice and tidy, but we have to identify those things. The other remedy is to use a tool like Voxer on your phone. Um, I know a lot of times uh, schools have walkie-talkies. The problem with walkies is in a school setting, that may be too public. So Voxer allows you to quickly send a message and sometimes that can be a quick message. Hey, we're supposed to be meeting here at two. Um, I'm going to cover these three things. I didn't put them in the agenda, but I definitely want. Now, obviously, things should be in the agenda. Things should be set aside, but we run into those. If you know something's going to happen and you can say it. Now, we don't want this to then become a crisis, right? You don't want to start commuting so much. You're avalanching people. And you're just satisfied because it's off your plate and on to somebody else's. That's a bad behavior, too. You feel better just because you sent the email. Don't get don't don't for one minute think that you've actually satisfied the task if you just got it off your plate. And as you know, in, in my world, I'm very conscious of that because I'm guilty of it as well. And I can't get used to just say, hey, take this. Um, but if we ever withhold information for the sake that we're using it in a power play, that's something that's completely and utterly wrong. For companies to thrive, for school organizations to operate through the speed of trust, they have to be willing to be transparent. TJ, you wanna dive into our second one? Yeah, sure thing, Joe. I love Voxer as a tool as well because it's something where you can give out immediate information. I just heard this and it's hot off the press and then people can get it in their own time. You're so right that it's better than a walkie talkie. Um, the bad boss behavior that I want to talk to is a cousin to um, stealing ideas, right? Which was our bad boss behavior number three. Easy to do in organizations where we're sharing lots of ideas, but this cousin to that called uh, stealing success or taking credit for success and supports. And this is not about ideas. It's about accomplishments, the people we bring into the organization, the programs when we're out and about as leaders and somebody gives, you know, this kudos about something that's going 
well, something that we've accomplished, a, a program that we brought on board that's making people's lives easier. That's the point where the leader says, you know what? So-and-so is the person who brought that to the district or so-and-so is the person who brought that to the school. Or if it wasn't for Robert, we never would have been able to accomplish that. Leaders are consistently and constantly doling out the, the credit to others, not accepting it. Silence is acceptance of the credit. So you got to remember that as, as well, that when somebody shares something that's going well, an accomplishment of theirs or the team's, if you are silent in that moment, um, they're giving that credit to you versus you doling that back out. So it really comes from the, the need that we all have to add value. And sometimes we feel like it's a value that we've added. So we accept that value within ourselves, but great leaders don't do that. They're always thinking about how they can lift and support somebody else. It comes from this, this comes from a scarcity mentality. Uh, Joe reminded me that Covey wrote about that many years ago in the seven habits of highly successful for people. Um, and really we need an abundance mentality. And so there's three quick tips we wanna give you with it. The first is reduce uh, the use of I in our language and say we, right? Because we means the team did this together and not me or I. Number two is start every meeting with gratitude by recognizing people at the meeting um, and allowing them to recognize one another. This is one that I'm going to work on myself. I can share is that there are accomplishments that the team has made that other folks on the team might not know or something that's going well in the organization that others at the meeting uh, can get credit for. And we can give that credit to them. And it, and it, and it feels good in the pride that, that ensues. And the third and this really is the one that makes the most sense for leaders who are out and about. We always recommend that our leaders are out and about in the most important spaces in their schools, with this, which is our schools and our classrooms. And that is to make sure you have in your back pocket a quick sentence that says, yes, thanks to Marina, we were able to do that. We were able to get the upgrades we needed in this area. We were able to improve the facilities because uh, uh, Tammy was, was able to get the resources and write that grant. We're constantly looking to point to the people um, who've brought that success to our team. Uh, and that's what great leaders do. And it avoids that bad boss behavior that we can all, we can all fall prey to. Joe, did you have any resources or, or tips for, for this session? Yeah, I think one thing we really want to get into is, um, especially with withholding information and so on. I'd mentioned that process a little bit. Um, you mentioned Voxer. Um, the one thing I did want to mention is to really do your best to ensure that each month builds on the other. So when we talk about information in a crisis, the information's flowing, you convene your time and you dig in and you have to discuss something. But if you're working on a monthly cycle, so for example, in most school organizations, the school leadership team at a building level will meet once a week. So if you're though, if you have counselors, when are you formally meeting with your counselors? Who is meeting with the counselors? And then how does that roll up to you as an administrator or someone else who needs to know? If you have a school-based health center, like a, a wellness center, who are they communicating with? How, when? 
And so the product that I we started using heavily on this is Google Docs. Now it kind of seems simple, but I will say this, if that Google Doc continues to build week after week, the thing we've discovered most is you can assign tasks in Google Doc. So right when you're in the meeting and a good, you know, Harvard teaches this quite a bit in their meeting, um, and I forget the actual name of it, um, TJ, do you remember their, the Harvard, you can go and actually talk about how to run very effective meetings um, through their plan. It'll dawn on me in a second. But when you do this, you want to obviously wrap up and have a wrap up at the end of each meeting. Google Docs allows you to put the comments to the side as people are taking notes and assign it directly to individuals, which then populates their inbox. Personally, I like that, especially if it's a larger meeting. It allows us to start assigning tasks and then the individual to have record of that because we're taking notes, we're listening. An email may come through, a text may come through. It's easy to get distracted. So having that in your notes and the assigned tasks, uh, TJ, I found with the Google Docs is a, is a great way um, to do it. And I, I'm pretty sure with the Google, or excuse me, with the meetings, um, Harvard teaches that through the DataWise program. Yeah, that DataWise program is phenomenal. A lot of folks out of Delaware have visited the DataWise group. And um, if you haven't been a part of that throughout the country, it's, it's a wonderful program. You know, Joe, speaking of um, running great meetings, it's always awesome if you're trying to get better at running meetings or give feedback or you're out and about and you're trying to improve your language to have a coach, to have somebody there with you. And I think leaders who don't have coaches should ask their bosses if they can have a coach or if they can share a coach with somebody um, we have a great organization in our state called the Delaware Association for School uh, Leaders. They provide coaches. Joe and I do, do coaching. Um, we know some folks who are, are listening today um, have a coach. If you're a leader and you don't have a coach, you should be reaching out and trying to get one. I'll tell you an, um, an awesome book uh, from, a, from a written by a coach is The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness by Lolly Daspel. Lolly Daspel is a leadership coach. Um, an executive coach. And what's awesome about this book is it breaks down how some of our greatest strengths can end up being weaknesses if we don't work on them. And uh, it just reminds me that if not, somebody's not in the room when we're running the meeting or there with us to give us feedback, we might miss an opportunity for our own leadership growth. So there you have it. Tips, tricks, tools, books, always at the schoolhouse302.com. You can uh, join us on the show. It's free PD, uh, 302 Thoughts, uh, as part of our One Thing series. We have folks listening in a live audience today. You're welcome to join from anywhere. And uh, we hope to see you next time. As always, you can visit us at the schoolhouse302.com or find us um, by email at contact at the schoolhouse302.com. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Joe, you know what leaders need these days? What's that, TJ? Sleep. A good night's rest. Self-care. We've heard it over and over and over again from our guests on the podcast that you can't pour from an empty cup. Leaders need sleep. 
one of the number one ways you can replenish yourself and lead better is a good night's sleep. I hear you, but you know what? I'm so tired. I don't even like thinking about, you know, getting a good night's sleep. But, you know, do tell, how do we go about getting better sleep? Well, I think that's part of your problem is you need a better bed. It always starts with the bed. That's why we recommend Ghost Bed, our sponsor, with 30,000 plus five-star reviews. Their patented sleep and cooling technology gets you to sleep faster and longer than any other bed. That's right. And their handcrafted mattresses come with a hundred and one night at home sleep trial and a two times the industry standard warranty. They're absolutely certain that their beds will work for you. And with free shipping within 24 hours of your purchase, it's fantastic uh, support from the company. And guess what? Just for being a listener at the Schoolhouse 302, you get 30% off with the use of our code SH302 at checkout. You go to ghostbed.com. You get some sleep so that you can lead better and grow faster. You use SH302 at checkout. Absolutely. And last thing, even if you don't need a bed, you're thinking, wow, I would love to try out ghost bed, but I just bought a bed. Refer someone else for a bed at ghostbed.com. You'll get a hundred bucks for helping someone else get a good night's rest. Wow. That's 30% off with SH302 code at ghostbed.com. A hundred bucks for your referral. If you get somebody else a good night's sleep, better sleep for you, better leadership, ghostbed.com. You can't beat it. Ghostbed.com. Ghostbed.com.